Welcome to the Iowa Specialty Hospitals and Clinics Ish Dish Podcast, practical health advice from Iowa Specialty Hospital experts. We want to connect the members of our communities with the latest healthcare information that's understandable, relatable, and useful to your daily life. With me today in the studio, I have Alexis Morgan. How are you? I'm good. Thank good. you. Perfect. Alexis has a very interesting yet important and critical job. You are a licensed independent social worker. And tell me if I'm speaking out of term, but 2020 really did us in. Yes, you are correct. <laughs> so I know that you and your staff have been extremely busy seeing patients and even our staff who have maybe needed assistance. So I'm not going to hog the mic too long. I am just going to lend it over to you and let you tell everybody who you are, maybe how you got where you are today, and then what you do benefits the people who need it the most. Okay, sounds good. Well, I have worked here at Iowa Specialty Hospital since 2016. As you said, I'm a therapist here at the hospital. I see patients in the clinic the Clarion Clinic, but we actually staff every one of our outlying offices. We have therapists at all of them as well. I got my undergrad at Buena Vista in social work and then got my master's at UNI and graduated in 2007. And then came, like I said, to Iowa Specialty Hospital in 2016. I see patients ranging from little children all the way up into adulthood through the elderly population and have over the years gained different trainings to be able to serve the different needs that come in our door. I am curious. I have a couple questions already. Yeah. First of all, people always want to know, how did you become a therapist? Like, what was that all about? Oh my gosh. So I'll give you a condensed answer to that. But I think that we all have a different story that leads us to being a therapist, but there's always that cliche statement that comes with it that at a young age, I just knew I wanted to help people. And for me specifically, I knew that I wanted nothing to do with being a nurse because I don't do needles. I don't do blood. Um, and I, I always say that when I walk into, if I'm seeing a patient in the ER or in the clinic, they pull me out of my safe spot that I know does not involve blood or needles. And I always make sure I ask the questions, what am I going to see? Right. Um, right. Because I don't have the stomach for it. But honestly, it came through life experiences for myself. As most of us can say, not everything in life is easy. And so through some of my tough spots in life. I gained this understanding that I really felt like I was put on this earth to serve others. And this is where it fell for me. This is the best fit. It is wonderful because the world needs people like you. And thank goodness you're here. Because I mean, it is a huge need, not only in our area, which we know that it is, Mm -hmm. but everywhere. How many staff members do we currently have? So that's an interesting thing. I was hoping I would have the opportunity to go back and reference your first statement about 2020, Mm -hmm. you know, didn't. It couldn't be more true. And I think the growth in our staff reflects that. So we probably prior to 2020, you know, I don't have the exact numbers, but I would say maybe we were a team of five, six therapists, and now we are at 17. Oh. <gasps> Wow. And so interestingly enough, none of us are sitting on our hands. We are, at that, we are full. That's interesting that you should say that because as the marketing leader for our system, I have often found myself asking the question, really? It seems like there was just this hiring and hiring and hiring of mental health providers. And I thought, are we tapped out yet? 
Apparently not. There is, there honestly is no such thing. Right. There will, there will not be such a thing because I will tell you, I'm proud to, to say that we bring in patients from, I have patients that come hour, hour and a half. I mean, the need is not going to go anywhere. And to be honest, I just don't think we could have too many. I mean, honestly, yes, there's this, we're rural, but because we are staffed in Des Moines, we're staffed in Garner, Hampton, like all of our different locations and spread out. It's just, honestly, what our issue is now isn't that we could be tapped out, it's space. Do we have enough offices for right. the patients to come and see a therapist? It really is where we're at. It's not right. that we aren't going to be able to get these therapists full. I feel like years ago there was a stigma about seeing a mental health provider. Mm-hmm. And I don't is that how you refer to yourselves as mental health yeah. providers for the most part? Or there's lots of different ways there to There seem say to be it. a lot of terms floating yeah. around out there. there <laughs> I just want to make sure I get it right. You know, even as a team, we debate sometimes about well what are we what are we called? <laughs> are we the behavioral health team? Are we the mental health team? What are we? And just recently we kind of put the tag on us of behavioral health. Mm-hmm. And even that can come with its own like well, I don't have behavior. I don't have right. behavior issues. So why are you calling it behavioral health? So there's not really a great label, but. So which leads me back to there used to be, or maybe there still is, I'm sure in some capacity, stigmas mm-hmm. behind seeing mental health providers. You know, I follow Mel Robbins podcast and I was listening to one recently and she said, if you broke your arm, you would go to the ED. And be seen. So when our head is broken, our brain or whatever, why do we not go and get that fixed as well? Mm -hmm. I will tell you, unfortunately, the stigma is definitely still there. Although I would say that we're seeing an improvement. Word is getting out more that those kinds of conversations Mm -hmm. like we actually do presentations with our students in our area. That's part of our presentation, you know, Mm. like stand up if you would go to the doctor if you broke your leg today. Mm -hmm. And obviously all the students stand up. Right. And then you say, okay, stand up if you would tell your mom that you are feeling really depressed and need to go to the doctor and nobody stands up. So it's definitely still... It's still a thing, but I would say that the conversation is out there and telehealth has definitely helped with that because somebody can say, I'm scared to walk into their clinic doors, even though maybe nobody will know what I'm there for, but I am willing to sit at home and talk to a therapist behind a computer screen. And so that has definitely helped. And so you take both of those appointments. Is that still a choice or it does? Okay. Yeah. I don't know what will happen. My understanding is that because we're still considered like in a state of emergency from COVID, mm-hmm. that that's still covered. I don't know. One of my elder therapists that that was on our team who has seen it all said he really felt like once the horse was out of the stall, there was no putting it back. So he really feels like telehealth is out. It's been embraced. It's been utilized. And he feels comfortable that it's not going to get put back away. And I not sure hope used. not, because I think it's another great avenue for people Absolutely. to be seen that for anything that maybe Absolutely. They, they weren't going to before. All right. Well, let's switch gears a little bit. Tell us what it is that you actually do or what you can be seen for or anyone on your team if somebody is curious. Yeah. So honestly, I'm actually pretty careful about answering that because I want people to know that anyone can see us. Sure. We can be dealing with, we can think we just have a mild case of anxiety, but well, other people have it worse than me. Mm-hmm. No, everybody's body can benefit from seeing a therapist at sure. some point in their life. I always tell people we all deal with 
at varying parts of our life with depression, anxiety, struggles with relationships, whatever that may be, it just impacts us to varying levels based on our life story. Right. So if somebody has had a lot of that type of those struggles from childhood, they might really need to access therapy or medication a lot sooner than somebody who maybe has a really good support system. Or It's very individual, but the reality is the most important message that I'd like to get out there is that it is open for anybody. Anybody who is having literally any struggle in their life, anything that they're needing an outside person to really be able to voice that to and work through it. So how does that work with children or I'm meaning anybody under the age of 18, I'm assuming that would need a consenting adult. Correct. That's a parental referral. How does that work? Are the rules a little different? Just parental consent is really the only thing. Because you brought up children, I do want to say something really cool about Iowa Specialty Hospital is that we are putting therapists in our school systems. Yes. And so that's very, very unique. Mm -hmm. I know that I always kind of give the caveat when we're presenting this opportunity to schools. I say that Iowa Specialty Hospital is offering this with no charge. Like literally, you just need to give us four walls and the space Mm -hmm. and this opportunity where maybe in Des Moines, for example, they might have a therapist in their building, but they're requiring them to contribute to that therapist's salary. So it's just a unique opportunity. And honestly, it's been such a wonderful thing because now these students who are needing to access therapy, let's say parents work an hour away and can't leave work and miss half a day of work to get their child to therapy, they don't even have to leave the school building. Right. They just walk down the hall and maybe only have to miss now 45 minutes of instruction versus whatever time it would have been for them to leave the clinic and all of that. So So, again, would this be something that the parent would recommend or talk to the guidance counselor? Or there are some cases where Maybe somebody in the school sees some behavioral issues and recommends. Does it go both ways? It goes both ways. Oh, okay. Yep. So if a parent was like, hey, I'm having these issues at home. I understand they're doing great at school, but I'm having these concerns at home. Mm -hmm. They can call in themselves. They could take to a teacher and the teacher could make the referral. We are very, very flexible in how that happens. There doesn't have to be some big like formal referral from a other provider or anything like that. Anybody can express that. Wonderful. So if somebody wanted to, you know, they're feeling down and out. Mm -hmm. or they just need to talk to somebody, what's their first step? So the first step would be to call into our clinic. And I would actually recommend that they just call into the main number, because if I'm understanding our system correctly, call into the main number and ask for Jenna Crum. That's our scheduler. And then you're in the best hands, Mm -hmm. and she's going to take care of you and get the process rolling. Okay. And then she can just schedule for any location, right? That's what I was just going to say. The reason why I'm being very specific in Mm -hmm. who they would ask for is because she literally would take care of it regardless of what location. Sure. Perfect. Any other specific things that you want to talk about or let people know that you're, you and your team are available to do? Not necessarily. I think one thing I will throw out there is that because we're such a big team, we have a lot of different specialties under each of our individual belts. One of them that I would say that I always like to toot our horn about is that quite a few of our therapists are trained in EMDR hmm. therapy, and that's a pretty unique therapy style that is extremely effective. And not something you can find everywhere. And we, I would say at least half, if not more than half of our staff right now have that. I'm going to take a stab at this. Okay. I want to say that that's kind of where you relive a moment or just to get back into where you were when this maybe trauma happened or something. Am I close? 
Yeah, you actually are. So honestly, EMDR therapy can be effective for anybody regardless. Yes, it was in its initial creatings made for trauma work, but since has really been found to be effective for anything, whether that be anxiety, depression, lots of different things, because really the premise of EMDR is that you and I included, we all carry around negative beliefs about ourselves. Oh, sure. Whether or not that's I'm not good enough or I am worthless or I don't deserve good things, whatever that may be. And that's the premise behind EMDR is you're helping a person work through those negative beliefs, whether they're attached to a big trauma or whether they're just attached to a multitude of experiences through their life. I would think that that would be life-changing. It is. If you were able to view yourself in a more positive manner, I think everything would just fall into place a little bit better anyway. It's fascinating work. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. And we're of just a few that do that? I would say it's over half of us that are trained in that. I don't know. I'm not 100% sure with some of the newer ones that Mm -hmm. we've brought on if they're trained in it or not. But I would say that a good share of us are. Okay. And then you obviously are making those determinations at an initial appointment Yes. And trying to figure out what. Yes. And that's why we have one scheduler right now, because even though Jenna isn't a therapist herself, but she knows the questions to ask. Right. And can make sure that they're getting on the right wait list. Okay. And that's the unfortunate part of it, that there is a wait list. Yeah. Despite having a lot of therapists, there is a wait list and there is one wherever you call. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. I wish we could be a exception to that and mm-hmm. not have one, but... Sadly, we do. I know bed availability is always a big thing, too, for people that maybe need to be admitted for issues that they're having. So Absolutely. And that is not unique to us in any way, shape, or form. No. That's everywhere. Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit before we end things about the crisis hotline. Okay. How does that work and who is it for? Okay. So the crisis hotline is for anyone. Okay. It's a number that we make sure is available to anyone who... So, for example, if somebody were to call in and they can't get in to see us right away... That's a number that's shared with them just to make sure that they know that there's something out there for them as they wait. Obviously, we also always encourage them to keep open communication with us while they're on the wait list. If they need to access our ER, if they need to our emergency department, or if they need to come into our clinic, we all try to really work together as a team to make sure that somebody, even if they are sitting on a wait list, feel that they're being taken care of while they're waiting. Sure. Okay. And that number, 800-273-TALK. So very easy to remember, 800-273-TALK. And this is on our website under our behavioral health section. It says, if you are experiencing a personal, emotional, or mental health crisis, you may call the National Suicide Prevention Line. And that, again, is 800-273-8255. So... Perfect. Very good. Anything else to close out for our... I don't think so. Like I said, if anybody is feeling like they need to access our care in any capacity, please reach out. I should also add that we not only have our therapists, but we have psychiatric nurse practitioners on our team who manage medication. So I always share with patients the benefit of that because it's not every day that you can have your therapist and your med provider working together hand in hand where, you know, I'm down the hall maybe from their medication provider versus a phone call to a clinic trying to build a relationship with them and understanding. Right. Rather, we just get to have that and work together as a team. Okay, so if anybody wants to be seen, they, again, can call really any of our main numbers. Any main number. We unfortunately have a lot of them, but there is a number here, 515-532-9339. Yep. And then ask for Jenna. Jenna Crum. Crum. Yep. And she will definitely get you to the right place. Yes. 
Okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much for your yes, time. Thank and you. And again, if anybody needs any mental health services, give the number a call or definitely we have all this information out on our website, iowaspecialtyhospital.com. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Tina. Thank you for listening to Iowa Specialty Hospitals and Clinics Ish Dish Podcast. For more information on the topics we discussed today, visit us on the web at iowaspecialtyhospital.com. There you could read a transcript of today's episode or previously aired episodes, as well as get the latest news from Iowa Specialty Hospitals and Clinics and explore all of the services that we offer. For the Ish Dish Podcast, I'm Gina. Thanks for tuning in.